0: Exactly. Do you justify firing a manager who is now become a manager of the year finalist?
1: You know, sometimes these like expectations of general managers and owners. I mean, it just seems like that needs to be put in check because obviously he's doing a good job.
0: So calm down. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Rangers fan, and making the playoffs sounds really good. Uh, Going on a late-season run and winning a lot of games and getting in there sounds really good to a Rangers fan. So, uh, I mean, I don't know why the Cardinals feel they they should always be challenging for the World Series.
1: Yeah, um, put 2010 behind you. You don't have David Freeze anymore, so uh, get over yourself.
0: But what's funny... That that that's the end of that. We can't talk about that game anymore. Let's talk about sports. <music> Hello and welcome to Lone Star Sports Daily. It is the mediocre at best podcast episode number. 49 we're coming up on a big one here soon my name is Corey hoag i'm a freelance sports writer for dave campbell's texas football and the times record news find me on twitter at Corey Hogue sports my partner joining me again and my good friend here brian shroll currently employed by nbc sports and anyone who wants to use him for a football game and hey who uh, me and him are in the same boat we're just freelancing it up out here you can find brian on twitter at brian Schroll. So um, when you mentioned that, this is going to be tough. You're going to have to give me a moment here. When you mentioned Texas Rangers world series loss and David Freese, you made my PTSD flare up. And I, I think partly because I'm a Rangers fan and partly because when that happened, I was in Afghanistan eating breakfast.
1: Wow. I was uh, in the car with my dad on the way to Academy to go buy our world series championship shirts. And uh, well, you know how that turned out. Um, We, we don't have those shirts. Um, And so, yeah, I, I it's my fault for bringing it up because it it did no one any good.
0: No, no. In fact, uh, I might have to have an emergency counseling session this afternoon. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But that's for other reasons. (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's just a daily thing for me right <laughs> hey speaking of things that's a daily thing for me let's talk about more unhealthy food uh, this week we're going over best cheese sticks and why are you going ahead why are you already picking Sonic Brian? because sonic
1: cheese sticks are the best <laughs> they' and like. The, don't hear what I'm not saying. There's other great cheese sticks, and Sonic's marinara sauce is subpar. But I don't know what they do, but they just their fried cheese goodness is is great.
0: Yeah, it, there's no one really close. I, they are a cheese stick that you don't need the marinara. Like the marinara is is really just they're so good you don't need it. And what what brings this up? I was at BJ's Brewery brew house in, um, in the Metroplex last week, and I ordered cheese sticks. And it's like they tried to send me a healthy version of cheese sticks. Brian, these cheese sticks are so bad that there would have been no marinara or ranch that would have made these things even taste palatable. You
1: sure you didn't order some, like, cauliflower bread, some type of thing? I, it, that, I mean – It's hard to mess up
0: fried cheese. I got to tell you, if you think that waiter looked at me and the size that I am and thought I was talking about the broccoli (laughs) cheese sticks, that guy's got another problem.
1: You know, I think I remember Applebee's having good cheese sticks. I mean, I haven't tried them in a long time, but I think I remember them having decent cheese sticks.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. You know, I didn't join the TikTok craze of going to Applebee's after the song went viral. (laughs) Hey, make sure we appreciate you guys listening and make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Also rate the podcast. That helps get it out there a little more. Helps us get uh, seen by a few more people. Brian, it's another week of realignment news, man. This is the... This is the thing that just doesn't stop. It's not going to stop for us. And, and this week, McNeese. Last week, we said McNeese was headed to the WAC, and they were supposed to, but they hadn't signed those papers yet. And the Southland Conference and the commissioner went to McNeese and made apparently a really good offer, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, and, and so now they they announced yesterday that they are staying in the Southland conference. Kind of your initial thoughts to that news.
1: There's just so many crazy parts to this story. For one, there's so much realignment stuff happening in college sports right now in the middle of the football season. Like this isn't like it's the off season. There's not a lot going on. No, we're we're actively playing games, pushing closer to the postseason. And teams are talking about moving conferences and not moving conferences. So that's wild to me that it it is all happening in the middle of the season. Like there wasn't enough going on already.
0: Yeah. I've yeah. talked about that with numerous people. It's, it's insane. Like we're ready for this to end. We are so tired of this because honestly it is taking away from our football focus some, and, and that's, that's not good. That's not good for anybody.
1: Yeah. I don't understand it. The, the other part to this that I don't, I mean, I get, but I don't. McNeese, they're not like they're in Alabama. I mean, its they're not a great football program. Yeah, 2017, they went nine and two. 2018, six and five, so winning record. 2019, another winning record, seven and five. But their spring wasn't good. This year's not great. So it's not like, you know, this is some storied program that, is constantly battling for state champion or for national championships and stuff. So it's just, I mean, it, it, everything going on is just wild.
0: You know what they are? They are the FCS version of the Texas Longhorns. They've got a tradition. They've got some years. They've been great, but that's what they're living off of, and they they still think they're at that level, and they're far from it.
1: That's a yeah. That, that's a very good comparison. I think they've been a little better than Texas even recently.
0: Well, I'm, I mean, that's a given because Texas is a 500 team without uh, Daryl Royal and Mac Brown as head coach since like the 1957 season. But anyway, <laughs> I digress on that. Let's break this down a little bit. Commissioner, the Southland Conference Commissioner, Tom Burnett. Okay, we talked last week. You don't make these moves. You don't do this stuff in a position of strength if you're a conference. And the word is that if if McNeese had left, the Southland Conference would have been done. It would not have been able to survive McNeese leaving. With that in mind, Tom Burnett, the commissioner of the Southland Conference, went and gave away the house. He 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 went all in on his deal with McNeese. Uh, and let's well let's go over some of these things a little bit at a time, and, and I want to get some of your. Thoughts on this. And this was this was reported by College AD and also AmericanPress.com. Both of those have been all over this story and they've done a great job. Always want to check out their work right there. Uh, the first thing that's interesting to me, Brian, is when McNeese athletic director Heath Schroyer gave his press conference. The first thing he said was, Our goal ultimately is still to go to the FBS. That hasn't changed. The Southland is staking everything they have on a team that doesn't really even still want to be there.
1: Yeah, how, I, how do you how do you look at that if you're the Southland and say, "Yeah, this is who we want. This is the team we want to be in our conference. The team that does, uh, that vocally doesn't want to be there." What I like, I get that your conference is struggling and you're kind of being gutted a little bit, but it just, there's no pride in it. The, the, the conference just doesn't have any pride in saying, we realize you don't want to be here, but we, we, we don't want you to go. So here, take whatever you want. We, we just need to keep you.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, if it sounds like we're bashing the Southland right now, we are. But it's understandable. Like, we 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 know you're in a, a position of desperation. Uh, but when we get into this here, I, I mean, you look at what they gave up, Brian. It's, it's a lot. Like, first off, the football media days will be coming to McNeese for the next five years. They had been holding it in Houston. It didn't quite get the media reception they wanted. That's the first thing. Then they also host the men's and women's conference basketball tournaments, as well as the conference baseball and softball years for the next four years, starting in 2023. So those sports, they just now gave their men and women's basketball, baseball and softball teams a home field advantage for the postseason tournament. And that. You know, now all these other teams left in the Southland Conference, like Southeastern Louisiana, teams coming in like Texas A&M Commerce, uh, Nichols in the Southland Conference. What are their chances of now? Not only do they have to go and beat McNeese, but you're going to have to do it on their home floor. That's just an inherent advantage in four sports that if I'm those other schools, I'm not happy about. No, and they the McNeese
1: president even said, listen, we were probably still going to go to the WAC, but they lost two schools in New Mexico State and Sam Houston State going to Conference USA. And so they kind of weren't as, you know, wanting to go to the WAC. And then the Southland offers all of this. Uh, how, do you, how do you not agree to stay if you're McNeese? And then if there's these other teams, it's like, what are we doing, guys? Why, why are we giving them all our arms and legs just to, to keep them around. I, if I'm the Southland, you got to be actively trying to find some other schools because McNeese could just leave at any point. They could just say, Oh, yep, we're done.
0: Well, if I'm South, if I'm Southeastern Louisiana and I am Nichols, you know, I right now am talking to other FCS conferences because if you're going to give McNeese that kind of a sweet deal, you better give us some kind of sweet deal to get us to stay, or we're gonna tear apart your conference. Now you put those two schools in a position of strength against you. Uh the other thing too, and you you brought this up, the whack, it's not the same as it was. You know, you got Sam Houston State, you got New Mexico State leaving. And according to the athletic director of McNeese, that was a lot of a lot of like the push to go. In fact, he says, I'll even quote him, when New Mexico State and Sam left the WAC, the juice was not the same in the room. The talk was about a much longer time frame and moving up to FBS, and some of the push was gone. So that right there tells you what's going on in the WAC as well with New Mexico State and Sam leaving. You know, the WAC may be set to stay in FCS conference for a lot longer than we expected.
1: The, a little later in the, in the story, he even says, after evaluating several options and a lengthy discussion with the newly invigorated Southland Conference leadership team. Yeah, I, I think they realized, guys, we are at, at the last legs. I mean, this is it. We got to figure it out. So uh, we've talked about it. It's all from a position of weakness. McNeese kind of created their own strength for themselves. And what's to say all these other programs don't do the same?
0: Well, now Incarnate Word has not signed the documents yet. So Incarnate Word could be on the phone with the commissioner right now, Mr. Burnett, saying, hey, what will you give us to stay here? I mean, look at the sweet pot you just gave McNeese. And here's the other one. You want to know what the sweetest thing of all is, Brian? They don't have a buyout to leave the Southland. So McNeese can leave at any time and go, yeah. And the Southland is even left out to drive even worse.
1: Yeah. They, it, it just seems like they're kind of just trying to shovel water out of a sinking ship right now. They just got the buckets. They're trying to keep it afloat and unless they can make some big moves to bring some teams in or, or I've, I i do not know what, at this point, it, it seems like it's just slowly sinking and, uh, you're going to lose a lot of, a lot of teams and it's just going to be bad for, for the FCS and college football.
0: Yeah. It just gets crazier every week. And of course it will continue to go and we'll continue to keep an eye on it. And while we're talking about continuing to keep an eye on it, Brian, let's go ahead and give kind of a status update on the podcast moving forward this year. We will continue to do weekly podcast episodes as long as a team from Texas is in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, that includes that could go to middle of December, it could go to middle of January if Sam makes it back to a national title game or if incarnate word could get to the national title game, although it wouldn't be weekly over the holidays, I will tell you that much, uh, but we will keep going and then after that during football offseason, we'll call it. We will have podcasts on an emergency basis, i.e. coaching changes or more realignment news as it comes up. We'll come on and give our thoughts and opinions in what we hear about this as well. Uh, So, Brian, playoff scenarios, it got a little more clear last week, which I was kind of hoping it would, to be honest with you. Yeah,
1: um, I remember when we were discussing it last week, it was like, well, this could happen, but also this and that. And, well, there's also this possibility. And, yeah, it was kind of a mess last week. But, you know, we had a lot of really good games and a lot of games that kind of shed some light on these teams and, and what the situation in the next few weeks is going to look like. And so it definitely has cleared up a, a decent amount. And there's some not surprises and a couple that I would consider a kind of a surprise.
0: Yeah, well, locked in, uh, Mary Hardin Baylor. No surprise. They had already beaten Harden Simmons. They had beaten all the challenging teams pretty much on their schedule. So if they win, they're going to win the outright title again, but they've clinched at least a share and the automatic playoff bid from the American Southwest conference. Also Trinity, Trinity, what a game last week, Brian. Watching that game was just incredible. Trinity, it was Trinity scored, Birmingham scored. All game long against Birmingham Southern, Trinity, Birmingham. They just traded scores with 23 seconds left. Birmingham scores the pool within 28-27. They decide to go for two on their own home field, and the ball thrown to the pylon to the right corner of the end zone. The guy looks to have it in his hands and just drops it, and Trinity takes the one-point win, the conference title, the Southern Athletic Association title, the automatic playoff berth. Uh, Congrats to the Tigers. What a game that one was. So those teams are locked in. Here's a We got three teams right now that are win and win out, and they're in. UIW, they got two games left. We'll get to one of those this week. They got Nichols. Then they've got, I believe, Houston Baptist to finish the season. Angelo State, one game left. They win this week. They're number two in the regional rankings in Super Region 4. They're in. Harden-Simmons win this week. They have to be an at-large bid. You're not ranked in the top ten of Division Three and not getting an at-large bid. That would be absolutely insanity and cause me to yell on a podcast, and the NCAA doesn't want that to happen. Okay? So, final one, wins and needs help. That's MSU now. Midwestern State went on the road. They lost to West Texas A&M 15 to 12. Um, And so, but MSU in the process with Angelo's win over Commerce clinched at least a share of the Lone Star Conference title. Now, the Mustangs can clinch the title outright this week with a win at home over UT Permian Basin. Uh, But also, Brian, there's a possibility if they win and some of the teams, if all the teams ahead of them, the seven teams, they're eighth in the regional ranking, seven get in. So if all seven teams ahead of them win, there is a chance MSU is a conference champion outright and not in the playoffs.
1: That's wild. Uh, The Lone Star Conference this year is insane. Uh, we no, got some region. <laughs> we, yeah, we got some clarity on some of the other levels. This D2 and in Super Region 4 is is a mess. And it's because there's so many good teams this year. And yeah, nobody's <laughs> dominating. No, like we see it at other levels too. Every once in a while you'll have several really good teams and they just beat up on each other. And that's what happening. That's what happening this year is they're they're beating each other up and and no one's kind of pulling ahead. And so the possibility of a a four-way tie or the the chance to win and, and knock it in, or, I mean, it's just, it is nuts, but no matter what team you are, if you're Angelo, if you're MSU, just take care of business. You got to focus on the one game that you can control and, you know, leave it up to everything else once that happens. But if you win, that's the best you can do. And, hope it all falls in your your way
0: yeah that's bill maskell's message to the team this week i spoke with him yesterday and his message right now is we can only handle our business right now now get this brian you mentioned four-way tie if msu loses angelo and commerce angelo plays kingsville commerce hosts eastern new mexico if if MSU loses, Angelo and Commerce wins. There's a four-way tie between MSU, Angelo Commerce, and WT for the LSC title. All four teams will lay claim to it. Wow, that's crazy, isn't
1: it? And that is insane. So I mean, they've all they've all played great, and they've all beat each other. Yeah,
0: yeah, they have, and that's. That's kind of what the record is showing right now. There is no dominant team left. Uh, so, Brian, last week we did our picks, and uh, you were pretty certain you were going to go 5-0, and o and I was going to go 0-5, which would have been weird considering we both picked the same teams. That would have been <laughs> difficult to make happen. Yeah, it would have. Um,
1: I stand by my math, though. I think I was still writing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, here's what happened. We both went four and one last week. We both picked UIW. UIW won. Talk about a great game, man. I watched a ton of great football Saturday. UIW Southeastern Louisiana was another one. Uh, SFA just mat- they dominated Eastern Kentucky. That really wasn't that close. We both had SFA. Um, we've talked about the MSU game. MSU I picked Brian picked WT Brian took that one from me however I got him back because I picked Angelo and he picked Commerce and so then we both picked Trinity to beat Birmingham Southern in what was another classic football game so Brian we we both head into this week at four and one now
1: uh look at us why um we should have put some money on or something although uh, (laughs) we would have we would have gotten them all wrong
0: yeah well i gotta tell you if we'd have been doing this since the beginning of the season my record would probably be like four and 50 something (laughs) like that so (laughs) we'll see next year what the record is like come november it's probably not near as good as uh, the cowboys Um, Uh, yeah let's get to games this week game of the week This week is UTPB at MSU. We talked about that a little bit here a minute ago, uh, but my goodness, Brian, this is going to be a heck of a game. And partly because there's been a war of words, so to speak. Last year in the spring, Permian beat MSU in overtime. They went for two. They got a one-point victory. They celebrated. They broke out conference champion T-shirts in the spring And yeah, that got under the craw a little bit of MSU. They remember that one. Uh, But then, come media day, Justin Kerrigan, coach of uh, UTPB, gets up and talks about how Bill Maskell of Midwestern State has been negatively recruiting against his school, which threw a lot of people by surprise. And it rallied really both. Like MSU rallied behind their coach, and the Falcons rallied behind Justin Kerrigan. So It kind of galvanized both this. This has a chance to be explosive, very explosive. Uh, This is a rivalry and, and it's pure hatred right now. It seems like between these schools. So here's what we got, Brian, before I turn it over to you. UTPB has lost their last two games. They lost to Commerce and they lost to Kingsville. They are two and three on the road. And most of those, the, their last road win was at Western New Mexico and not by an impressive amount. MSU has turned the ball over seven times in their two losses to Division II teams in the second half alone. They had four second-half turnovers against Central Washington, three second-half turnovers uh, at West Texas A&M last week. Both of them led to losses, but both of those were road games, Brian. And so I... Uh, Well, let me tell you what the computer has real quick. i tell you what I got. The computer has MSU at a 74.6% chance to win of win probability. I'm with the computer on this one. I've got MSU. I've got Mustangs. And then we'll have to see if they get the help they need.
1: Yeah. I, uh, man, UTPB, we, we have been talking about earlier in the season how, you know, Justin Kerrigan had done a great job of, really kind of turning this program around and, and having a great season. Um, We were talking about them early as maybe being a dark horse to make some noise in the Lone Star Conference, but they've lost three of the, the past four games now. And two of them were on the road. One of them at home. They have to go on the road again. You, you mentioned it seven turnovers for MSU. All three of their losses are all on the road. I think if, if it was flipped and MSU had to travel to Odessa to play at Permian Basin, I think that's a, it's a different story, but because MSU is at home, it's a 1 PM kickoff. And what's, what's interesting about this game is the last game of every season for MSU at home is, is military appreciation day. And you get those, those guys in, and Gallus from Shepherd out there and they get rowdy. It is a great atmosphere for that game. Um and I, I think MSU will will rally behind that. Um kind of ha- be a little pissed off after their loss to West Texas AM. Um they want to control their own destiny and I think I think they'll come in and, and kinda take care of, of UTPB. So I'm picking the Mustangs in this one.
0: And and you know what? They uh they've not lost two in a row this year. So Put that out there as well. Moving on. So we both take MSU on that one. We'll recap here in a little bit. Moving on to the next game. Number 21, UIW travels to Nichols. So they faced Nichols a few weeks ago, and they defeated them at home 38 to 21. But since then, Nichols has won three straight games, including a very impressive road win over McNeese last week, because that is one thing. About McNeese, it's a tough place to play. They beat them twenty-four to fourteen. They handled their business against Houston Baptist, Northwestern State. Incarnate Word, on the other hand, they just came off that huge win against Southeastern Louisiana. They they lost on the road to McNeese. They're back on the road here to Nichols. Incarnate Word is two and two on the road, and Nichols has won. Well, they lost the last meeting in this this year, but before that, Nichols had won five in a row. The computer here has this game at uh, Nichols with a 57.2% chance to win. I think Nichols does it. I give the Colonels on this one. I think it's too much to go on the road. Tough team, tough place to play. Give me Nichols, Brian.
1: I get the history is behind Nichols five in a row before this season, but this UIW team is, they're just different this year. This is just a different Cardinals team than we've seen. Last week was, yes, it was a shootout, but it was insanely impressive. Cameron Ward, 610 yards and seven touchdowns. Are you kidding me? That's wild. 610 yards and seven touchdowns. If they have even close to that, they should be able to win this game. I like Incarnate Word a lot. I think that they are just playing great football. Their defense is going to have to step it up. And obviously they can't give up 52 points like they did to Southeastern Louisiana. But I just, I want to ride the hot hand. And I I think that hot hand is, is Incarnate Word. I think they go on the road and win a big one against Nichols.
0: I got to tell you, I think Nichols haven't already played them. And they've got one other one this year. They split with McNeese. They beat McNeese at home pretty handily, lost to them on the road. Uh, Did UIW? It's kind of that same scenario. And the other thing is now Nichols, they know what to expect. So then your game plan defensively, you can maybe slow them down a little more. I think they slow them down enough to take away the Cardinals' win chances. But that's going to be a great game, Brian. That's going to be one on the uh, must-watch list Saturday.
1: Oh, no doubt. They gave up 38 to Incarnate Ward last time they played them. If if Nichols can hold them to under 30, if they can hold them to maybe 24 or 28 points, I think Nichols has a great chance. But I I like Cameron Ward in this uh, Cardinals offense.
0: Well, I'm a Cameron Ward fan, that is for sure. But uh, this week, I just don't think that the sophomore will be able to do it. But, hey, in a couple years, can you imagine how good he's going to be? My goodness, he's already improved so much. Our next game, Prairie View A&M at Alcorn State. We got some swaction going on, Brian. We're heading down into the swag, And what a game this one is. Prairie View A&M and their rival Alcorn. Prairie View is they have already clinched their division title. They will be in the SWAC title game. They're 6-0 in conference, and so they're in. They're going to be in. They've got Mississippi Valley State left. Trust me. Prairie View is in the SWAC title game. Alcorn, meanwhile, they've had a tough couple of weeks. They lost to Southern. They lost to Bethune-Cookman on the road. That Bethune-Cookman loss is is the Bethune-Cookman's first win of the season. I got to tell you, man, Alcorn is not – playing well right now but this is only their third home game this year Brian and they had their last home game before this one they defeated Grambling on October the 9th they have gone well over a month without a game at home and then I go back to history let's go with history of this one Alcorn has won three in a row in this in this rivalry and The computer has Alcorn a 50.5% chance to win. 50.5%, Brian. This game is a pick'em. And I'm picking the Braves. Give me Alcorn.
1: As you were talking, I just felt it. I was like, this man is about to pick Alcorn. The way you were presenting it, talking about how they lost, but now they're back at home. The I was like, this man is gonna pick Alcorn. And he did it. But Prairie View. The two teams that Alcorn just lost to on the road, Prairie View beat those teams on the road. So, yeah, Prairie View has to go back on the road again after a a nice win at home against Alabama State. They got to go back on the road to Alcorn. Great for Alcorn to be back at home. Going to be great for their fans. But they just don't. The home field advantage only gives you so much. Yeah. Being at home doesn't automatically put you up seven points or something. I have to go with Prairie View A and M on this one. I just don't think Alcorn is playing well right now. And yes, I'm sure being back at home will kind of invigorate them and and maybe give them a little kick in the pants. But I, I just don't. I they're just not playing well. And I'm going to go with Prairie View.
0: Let me throw this at you: the Panthers may be looking ahead to their matchup with Texas A and M.
1: If they're doing that, then they're foolish because <laughs> you're losing that game no matter what. So why look ahead to it?
0: I barely got that out. I, I barely got that out. Brian. <laughs> no, hey, that's going to be a good one. And that rivalry is so much fun. Uh, they last played in 2019. It, it is as close as it can get. And the computer says that as well. In fact, the score prediction on this game uh, is Alcorn 259 pr- prairie view 25.7 it is a 0.2 difference by the score prediction model Um, it is going to be a battle and a fun one to watch either way our final game brian number 25 eastern kentucky at number one sam houston okay I, i think i've got to make a case as to why eastern kentucky will win this game or could win this game Yeah, I don't have one of those. Sam Houston in four home games this year has defeated teams by an average score of 48 and a half to nine and a half. This is the first time these two teams have ever met. I don't need any other information. Sam Houston, they roll. They're at home. You don't get close to them even on the road. You don't even have a prayer when you're at their place. And the computer agrees with me. They've have Sam Houston uh, as an eighty point three percent win probability and a win by almost two touchdowns. Brian, I'm taking the Bearcats.
1: Yeah, this is the this is where home field advantage does matter because you're also a really good team. Um, you're trying to go win another national championship, uh, and being at home just adds on to that. So yeah, I would take the Bearcats like minus fourteen. I think they would cover that easily. I Not to say Eastern Kentucky isn't, isn't a good team, because they are. But this same Houston State team is just, I mean, they're a bulldozer. Bulldozer. They're just going to, uh, anything in their path, they're just running over.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, they are. And uh, also what this is also called is a, a game that I can put in here between ranked opponents, but we already know that's going to be a win in my column, so I won't go 0 for 4 this week. <laughs> and le- I mean, like,
1: unless Eastern Kentucky just finds some motivation after losing to SSA, I, I don't know. They, they lost 31-17, and, and I think it's going to be a lot worse this week.
0: Well, it will be great to find out, and let's recap here. Corey is on the home teams this week, and Brian is split. Basically, that's how we break it down. Game of the week. We, I, we both pick MSU to beat UTPB. Number 21 UIW at Nichols. I'm on the home team. I got the Colonels. Brian has UIW. Prairie View at Alcorn State. I'm taking Alcorn. Brian is taking Prairie View, although on my sheet he just said Alcorn, but he's not. He's taking Prairie View. Uh, And then we both are on the Bearcat train as we have ridden it all year long and probably will, I imagine, uh, at least a few rounds into the playoffs when they're at home against Eastern Kentucky. And my computer prediction has it about 14 Eastern Kentucky lost at SFA by 14 last week. I say they lose by about 21 this week.
1: I think that's fair. I think same Houston is just kind of a pencil in for a couple rounds and uh, we can revisit when they're uh, playing some good competition in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And, and until then uh, let's see. Well, Next week, Eastern Kentucky gets Jacksonville state and Sam Houston is at Abilene Christian. So, uh, you know, Sam Houston is impressive. They have done a great job and I look forward to the playoffs, Brian. Next week we're starting playoff editions. next week. Can you believe we've hit that time of year?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's November. Like it, before we know it, we're going to blink and it's like middle of November, then Thanksgiving's right around the corner and yeah, it's coming up fast.
0: Yeah, with all these supply issues I'm hearing about, I better start yelling at my wife to get these Christmas presents done, right? We to, that would not be a good idea Corey okay so thank you so much for listening to the podcast make sure you follow me on twitter at Corey Hoag Sports follow Brian on twitter at Brian Schroll uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you find it and listen to it subscribe to it iTunes SoundCloud Spotify Stitcher also rate it give it a star rating whether it be one to five stars obviously the higher rating you get the better it is for us so please subscribe and rate it Brian, had fun with us this week. Enjoying these picks, man. This this adds a little element to this. How about we do it again next week?
1: Yeah, good. Good luck. Um, you'll be. I'm going to do my math correctly now. Uh, you'll be two and two, and I'll be
0: four and up. Okay, you actually did right math, and it took me a second to figure that out. Hey, <laughs> and hey, start getting those bells and whistles ready because episode 50 next week. Watch out. Oh my God, that might, you know, I already have something special planned for that episode. Um, And and so I'll, I'll let you know about that off air, but yes, episode 50, that's going to be just a blowout. We might even have to get like uh, the president of, I don't know not the United States. Pretty sure he doesn't have time to congratulate us. We'll get the president of the parent teachers association somewhere to come on and and congratulate us. Hey, remember let your legacy be him. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessing.